Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our, 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 our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Continuing on in our uh, series for this, this, for this, this Lenten season, uh, we are in Psalm 41. We have already seen in the first few uh, parts there uh, about what, about how the Psalms proclaim Christ, and especially Psalm, so especially, excuse me, especially, especially Psalm, <laughs> Psalm 41. Uh, previously, we've said that the Psalms uh, are a great tool for us as Christians uh, to know how to pray, to know how to ask God what we need to ask, and to know not only who the man was that wrote whatever psalm that it could be, most or plenty of psalms were, um, were written by King David, and a lot of them are reflective on the times of his life and what he was going through. But what they do is they proclaim the coming of Christ, as we've said before. And if they proclaim Christ, then these psalms are also to be said, uh, can be seen in, in, to be seen in, or to be heard in the mouth of Christ himself, which uh, maybe part of my stutter is getting a little bit worse tonight because this is a little bit of a tough one, uh, because we've seen how before that the Lord sustains um, the one who considers the poor. He sustains him on his, 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 his sickbed, and he, and he restores him to full health. We heard about how that was the cross, how that could be seen as Christ and his cross and being brought back to full health on the third day when he rose, when he rose, excuse me, when Christ rose, rose, uh, when he rose, um, when he rose from the dead. But when we get to this next part, we get, it's a really tough part, and I'm going to try my best to explain this as best I can to where we can see this and how this can be something that Jesus could say, because you see this next part. In fact, if you want to look on Psalm 41 in the handouts that you have, it's about the third congregational response down. As for me, I said, O Lord, be gracious to me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. And you may ask yourself, how is it that Jesus can say, I have sinned against you? That doesn't make any sense, does it? No. Not on its face. We can't say that it makes a whole lot of sense because from our text from, from 1 Peter, it says, He committed no sin, neither, 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 was neither was was deceit found in his mouth so how do we reconcile this 
How do we say if this psalm, if the psalms are about not only the one who wrote it, but they're also about the Christ and therefore they're also about us, how do we bring this into uh, a frame that's not very confusing? Well, as we said before, what is it that makes these psalms about us? It is that we are united with Christ in the baptismal grace that is poured out on us. That in our baptisms, we are joined with Christ in, uh, that we are joined with Christ fully. And he is joined, and he is joined, uh, he is joined with us. That, um, I guess when, when we look at this, the baptismal connection is essential for understanding the seemingly strange things the Psalms say about, about, excuse me, about, about, about Jesus, excuse me. It is strange to hear the words of someone who has sinned in the mouth of Christ. O Lord, be gracious to me, heal me, for I have sinned against you. And yet, I'm not going to stand here and say that Jesus has sinned. There are some people who would go so far as to take uh, passages like, uh, like 2 Corinthians 5.21, where, where Paul writes, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Some theologians are wrong in saying that this means that Jesus did commit sin because he had to be that sinner crucified for us. That's not the case. Otherwise, Scripture contradicts itself, does it not? How can it say on one hand that he made him who knew no sin to be sin and that he committed no sin and that Hebrews uh, 4.15 tells us that Jesus Though tempted in every way, just as we are, was was excuse me was was without sin. Well, we look at this and we say, "What do we do with this?" And if it's still confusing, I'm going to try and clear it up. The mystery of salvation is so wonderful and so profound that we can spend our whole lives trying to get to the bottom of it, trying to fully comprehend what it is or why it is that God would take upon our sin and take it to his cross. Why it is that God would be made flesh to live as us, to live like us in such a way, in every way, but without sin, so that he could carry our sins to the cross and have them die. It is something that St. Peter says in ah, it's something that St. That, that Peter says um, in excuse me. St. Peter says in 1 Peter 1:12 that all these things that are told to us of this, this great this wonderful salvation has been proclaimed to us all the way from 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 the beginning by by 
by the prophets. And to them, it was, it, it was, it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, they were, they were ministering the things which have now been said to you through those who have preached, who have preached, who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent, sent, sent from heaven, things which, which angels desire to, 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 to look into, that the angels see what Christ has done, and it's just marvelous to them. So how much more should we ponder what Christ has done for us? And in this way, we see that Jesus Christ, fully God and fully, uh, excuse me, truly God and, tr- and truly man, yet without sin, perplexes us. It perplexes us because we look at it and we say, if he was like us in every way, but he was without sin, then he's not really like us. He's not really like us because we're sinners. How can he understand what I'm going through? How can he know the pain that I suffer? How can he comprehend it? But it's the fallen human thought that concludes that Jesus is not like us because he has, because he has, has no sin. But Christ made himself like us in every way, including feeling that burden of sin. Though he committed no sin, he knows what sin feels like. He has carried it for us. He committed no sin, yet he took your sin upon himself through through your baptism. That in your baptism, you are joined into the death and the, and, and the, the resurrection of Christ. That in your baptism, you give him all of your sin. And he gives you all of his grace and his, and his, excuse me. You give him all of your sin, and he gives you all of his, his, his righteousness. That in that, there is this blessed exchange where he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Because of this, Jesus could say in this sin, in this psalm, 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 excuse me, psalm 41, that Jesus could say, heal me for I have sinned against you, that is, standing in the place of those who have sinned, being the one who takes, who takes the place of those who sin, that he takes on our sin, he takes it on himself, He bears it on his body. Though he does not commit sin within himself, it is laid upon him. 
and he carries it. And this is a beautiful thing, that when we pray these things, as, 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 as King David did, because David was the one who wrote this psalm, when he says, as for me, I said, O Lord, be gracious to me, heal me, for I have sinned against you. This is King David's prayer. And this is our prayer now. And Christ hears that prayer. Um, Jesus hears that prayer. And he heals us. He takes our sin upon himself. He carries it upon his cross. He bears it on his body where it is crucified and dies. And the wonderful thing is that Jesus is bearing away of our sin as, 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 excuse me, as the Lamb of God is the great answer to our prayer. When we pray to him, he takes it upon himself. He answers it. And he brings it to his cross where it dies. And the wonderful news about that, I'm getting to, is that when he rises from the grave, sin stays dead. Sin stays dead and we are granted new life through Christ. So let this be your prayer, that God would be gracious to you to heal you for you have sinned against him. Know that he hears that prayer. He takes away that sin that plagues you. He bears it on himself. He prays this prayer saying that he heals you for he has stood in your place and taken that punishment that you surely that you surely, that you surely, surely, that you surely deserve. And he washes you clean and grants you his peace. Okay? And the peace of God, and excuse me, um, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.